I was back in the smoke-clogged dust bowl setting I'd left the last drop of blood in the week prior was a crystallized and whitewashed winterscape now. Two days remained of my 2013 Idaho archery elk season. Two days to search for what remained of the unfinished victory I'd been robbed of after the precise shot and exhaustive search left me wrecked days earlier. I'd come to the conclusion that because of the steep quartering away angle of my shot, my arrow had actually deflected outward off of a rib and thus passed between the bull's shoulder blade and rib cage, likely never penetrating his chest cavity. It was the only explanation that made sense, and over time and study of my shot came to make perfect sense. And I began to think of the bull as a fight club warrior. This allowed me to speculate that the bull was indeed still alive, and quite possibly resuming his annual ritual of making the most of every cow he could coax into his company. The morning stillness was shoved over the horizon as a blustery expanse of swarming snow barged down the canyon. Between the gusts, I could hear bulls bugling, right in the sweet spot where I'd discovered so much activity the week before. I approached with caution, warily placing each step on the cushion of silent snow. And with the driving storm came the benefit of consistent wind, at least. But as the gusts intensified, the frozen shards of airborne ice made it impossible for me to see directly into the wind, which would be exactly where I'd need to look and shoot should an opportunity materialize. So I decided to drop back and wait for conditions to change for better or worse. So I got up onto this saddle this morning in, in the snow here. Um, same, same saddle, same trail line where I called in both of those herds last week. Um, as soon as I got up over the top, I could hear a bull bugling, um, up further in this, in this main drainage, the same drainage that those other herds actually came from. So, um. I kind of tried the same thing. I threw a lot of fighting cow at them. They were biting on it pretty good, but not not willing to pick up and move, which you know isn't all that surprising. Um, after waiting an hour or so, um, I worked my way up that trail closer to them. And uh, fortunately, I was able to spot a cow bedded down. 
and I back off a little bit and kind of reset up. Now when I was up on this on the saddle right here and I heard a bull bugling down there, it just sounded like a very small bull. It did not sound like a mature bull at all. But I thought that I heard one mature bugle kind of mixed in. Um, so when I got up and uh, got close to the herd and set up, um, I threw a few fighting cows again and multiple bulls replied. Uh, at least three, if not four bulls um, answered back. So um, I sat on them for maybe close to an hour. Uh, I could see one of the cows get up and leave. Um, I could see eventually a bull come walking by and uh, it was a good bull. I don't know. It may or may not have been the same bull from last weekend, the Fight Club bull. It, it could have been. Um, there was one bugle in the group that did sound like him. Um, but after 45 minutes or so, um, they were kind of moving away. Uh, they didn't blow out or leave, but they kind of moved away. And I was freezing cold, so I backed off, um, came back over the saddle again, which is where I'm at now. I'm just over the lip of the saddle now where I've had this fire going for about two hours now, just kind of waiting for the snow to stop. Um, the snow is kind of blowing. It's really fine, and you can't really keep your eyes open. Um, so I can't see and if it was in the wrong direction, I certainly couldn't shoot in it either, just because all the blowing, blowing snow. Um, it looked like it was starting to clear off and break up here a little bit, so I was kind of getting ready to head back in. But um, I don't know, we'll just have to wait and see if it, if it does clear up enough or, or let up enough. Um, but my plan is to just kind of wait things out here till this, the time is right this afternoon. I'm gonna slide back in on them and and uh, make a few more casts.
just as I was peeking over, I spotted elk that were feeding around in the, in the whole general area. So I, uh, I just sat up there and I watched for a while. Um, a really nice six-point bull came through with a bugling bull behind him. The bull that was behind him was actually a big five-point who's the herd bull. This six point is really, really nice though, and I'm surprised that he's not the herd bull. But at any rate, the big five by five kind of ran that little bull off, or this the six by off. And I was able to spot where he bedded down. So I backtracked around, and I'm gonna take a trail that kind of cuts down below and pops out real close to where he's bedded. Now the wind is really shifty today. I think it's safe to say I could definitely get within range of this bull for a shot if the wind doesn't screw me. So it's really gonna depend on what the wind does. The direction that I have to go is really risky for the wind. But I feel like a stock is my best option right now trying to call to him. You know, I called to him all day yesterday. They've heard my calls. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they, they might come in, but then there's also a chance that it might just push them out. So I'm opting for a little bit of a change of pace, and I'm going to try and sneak in on this bull. Well, thanks a lot, Wynn. You fucked me really good here on my last day.
was trying to position myself a little closer to the knob where the bowl was bugling. I could hear the bowl bugling on the other side, but the wind blew right down into there. <clears throat> the whole herd blew out. I've been following their tracks in the snow for the past probably hour and a half, all the way up to the head of this canyon, which has a big circuit at the end. And so I figured they'd come up into this final zone that they liked or final patch of timber or whatever, but the wind just relentlessly blew straight at them all the way up as I followed their tracks. So I think they could hear me or they could smell me the whole time I was following them and they just kept going and going and going until they eventually went all the way up and out the top of that. Fortunately, I did some glassing and spotted their tracks because I was about ready to go around the big knob in the center there. So, it's been quite a year, but today's my last day to really hunt. So I'm going back downhill. My season came to a close with a trembling whimper from a bow hunter feeling completely defeated for the ninth straight year. On so many occasions over those years, I'd hear the same string of words from friends describing either their own fortunes or consoling mine. Well, there's always next year. I hate that sentence. For my own impatience of an 11 month wait, but also for the fact that there is not always next year. Not for everyone. And my confrontation with mortality in the sudden way my father lost his life that summer only bolstered my anger of nearly a decade of my most anticipated pursuit of the year ending in what could only be counted as failures. Fuck next year, I'd murmur under my breath, embracing how hard it was becoming to believe in what the next season could hold when I was holding the reality of nine defeated Septembers in my own two hands. I know I need to grab the stick and pull this video series out of the nosedive it's augering into, because we are looking back seven years here, and I want this audience to know that there is light at the end of the tunnel, as upcoming episodes will eventually reveal. But for now, I'm honored to finally share all this beautiful footage from Bobby and Will and the images that I stole away with on my camera. There is so much more to come, and I hope that some of you out there are enjoying the raw authenticities and ramblings that fall from my thoughts here. I like the process of getting these adventures archived for myself, my kids, and the handful of you out there that watch or listen. I encourage you to do the same, write or record what happens on your adventures, even if you just keep it for yourself. 
It is the retrospective view on all this that makes me realize something important. While it goes without saying that archery hunting big bull elk is very hard, and it has dumped substantial loads of anger, frustration, even sadness into my life. And those things are, oddly enough, not what has pushed me away from it, but actually magnetically drawn me to become enthralled with hunting elk the way I do. I've come to realize it's the hardest things in life that we form the strongest bonds with. Committing to an endeavor with a success rate in the single digits demonstrates, frankly, questionable mental fitness. The emotional roller coaster I sign up for each year is basically begging to get kicked in the gut. I admit it. But I do think that some pursuits have their own dog whistle calling that only certain personalities can hear. Callings to do things that have no rational foundations, but are instead entirely emotional pursuits. Free climbing sheer cliffs, running marathons, swimming across an ocean. How do people get these ideas in their head and then devote their life to a goal that has no logical bounty? I don't know, but I think I can relate. Like I described during the introduction to this Wired to Wander series, some of us have pursuits in life that are based not on choice, but on reactions. Like we can't help it. Like it's what we were born to do. And as wrapped around the axle as hunting can make me feel, I have to remind myself often that in the big picture of life and community and in reality, hunting is simply a hobby that we elect to do for fun. But having fun is a hallmark of humanity, what makes us content as human beings and thus contributors to a productive and mindful society. Having fun is what makes a life grand. I'm Brian Husky. Thank you for listening and coming along.